Oh, you know what I didn't do? I'll you lay it back. fucked up already? Yeah, I did. I fucked up already. Isn't that weird? I pressed play. I pressed record and I fucked up already. Usually I play my song. I have a song that leads into the the um, podcast because it just sets the right tone oh, Jesus for Christ. the show. I, I listen. Is it like a different song for every person? No, it's the same song. Okay. Are you kidding? This uh, Prince song keeps coming up, which isn't terrible. I'm, I don't hate Prince, but um, I uh, hey everybody. This is completely unprofessional. Have you ever met me before? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Josh. I'm here with Jen Sturger. Here is the song, Jen, that you were supposed to hear before you fucked up. How old are you? How old are you? I'm not telling you that. It's on Wikipedia. Do your homework. You have no idea. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things on purpose is when I... One of the things that I do... I am too young to, to appreciate this song. this song. Yes, yes, yes. I yes, mean, yes, I yes. appreciate it. I don't know it. Um, one of the things when I interview people, by the way... You do as minimal research as possible? I know about you, uh-huh. but I don't like to... I want my, all my questions to be genuine. Right? I'm okay with that. Okay, so I hate, I've tried before really researching, and I feel weird asking a question I already know the answer to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So then I end up avoiding that question because I don't need to know it. You think it's a boring answer. But you never know. Sometimes someone will surprise you. I'll be totally surprised when I ask you something I know nothing about. All right. You know what I mean? It's going to be fun for both of us. Yeah, it's going to be an actual conversation instead of an interview. That's how I do it. Thank you for noticing. Okay, yes, I know yes, the chorus. Yes, okay, yes, yes. So, um, I had somebody on who thought it was the same theme to Fat Albert, <laughs> which it is not. Um, <laughs> You're like, I'm going to kill myself after this, thanks. Jen Sturger, now we have um, communicated before, but we've never met. Yeah, I think... We, we communicate about sports. Like, yeah. I think it's usually when you're having a meltdown about something Boston sports related. And I'm just like, calm down. Now it's listen. September. <laughs> now, listen, meltdown. I mean, does that doesn't sound like a Boston sports fan at all. Not at all. <laughs> you are, But you're such a you are such a stereotypical Boston sports fan. Except I am and I'm not on Twitter. I am 100 percent. And yes. part of that is playing it up. But you're I will- wearing a Boston hat right now. Yes. But uh, <laughs> but uh, actually, there's an old Braves hat. Um, you know, my right. grandfather made gloves for the Boston Braves. He has gloves in the Hall of Fame. Huh. My grandfather, the last time I took him to Fenway Park, we were sitting up in a box and um, he said to me, you know, I saw Babe Ruth pitch here. Pitch. No way. So he saw Babe Ruth pitch before he got traded to the Yankees. That's crazy. It was a crazy, that was like somebody saying to me, I watched Paul Bunyan chop down a tree. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, and so that was pretty amazing. Like, um, so my, my love for the Red Sox runs deep, deep, deep. And he has gloves in the Hall of Fame. And you're like, I watched Big Poppy curse after the Boston bombing. Like, that's oh, what I got. By the way. Which honestly was one of the greatest moments in sports that year, I think. I Most think so. heartfelt moments in sports. Well, I think that, you know, as a, and as a Boston guy, um, that might have catapulted him above Larry Bird. I know that's that's maybe heresy for some people, but anybody under 40, I'd say in the pantheon of Boston stars, I think Poppy jumps. When you're something him. crazy, though, I yes. know the people there. There's a guy I know that like actually writes a lot of the speeches that are given after things like that mm-hmm. and um, specifically for sporting teams. Uh, 
so he was actually supposed to write something for him and they're like no just let just let him speak from the heart and they're like you don't want to give him a microphone yeah and just let him spout off and then that's what happened it was great <laughs> it was amazing it was great and they were like are is the fcc gonna find them and then the fcc was like we stand with Boston. Yeah. They were actually cool with it. Well, there's no way they could have. What were they going to do? Yeah. Well, I, what I was going to tell you is the, one of the reasons I'm not a typical Boston fan is as heated as I get on Twitter, and it's fun, and I love it. When the, For me, when the game's over, it's over. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't hang out. You don't on. go to bed upset about it? I didn't play in the game. Did yeah. I play in the game? I'm a fan. That's what my oh, boyfriend hey. always says. It's Hi. My wife, Bethany. That's so Jen. nice to meet. She's gorgeous hair. She's oh, my gosh. Yeah. I am too. I'm going to the gym after this. Hey, hey, that's Rocky, Beth. You met him. Yeah. Um, Yeah, go do your thing. Um, She's pretty good looking. You outkicked your coverage. I'm so (laughs) far out of my league. It's Listen, when people tell me that, I know some guys get offended. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm way... No, my boyfriend hears that every single interview he gives. They're like, so what was your first date like? Did it involve roofies? Like, how did this happen? <laughs> how did you, where is your love from, of sports come from? Um, my dad, um, I think wanting my dad's approval and wanting a connection with my dad, like kind of, I've always been around sports. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents were dragging me to University of Miami football games when I was like way too young to be being taken to right. a University of Miami football game. Especially that's back a, then. Yeah, it's a, it was a hostile environment yeah. back then. It was the you, yep. you know. It was super gangster back then. Um, now it's like a hoity-toity private school that like the only people that might be questionable are on the football team, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that it started then. And then my like my first baseball game was like at Candlestick Park when I was like six or seven. But that's on the opposite part. Uh, yeah, we were traveling. Got yeah, it. Yeah, we were traveling. I think I went to like Braves games when I was little. Like I just have little gl- like blips of sports. You have brothers and sisters? Just a sister. And was your sister into sports? No. She was into Barbies. W- was your dad? All right. Love you, babe. See you later. My nice car's, to meet you. My car's behind. You got to take my car. I hope so. <laughs> um, all right. Love you. Um, but okay. So your dad, was he like professionally into sports or just? He liked anything sports. Like my, both my parents were like athletic, you know, my mom more so than my dad. My mom was actually, she was under five feet tall when she graduated from high school, but she was captain of every sports team she was on. Did you play sports? Hell no. 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 The only sport I played was bowling, and it was because it was air conditioned. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I have no athletic ability. No athletic ability? Everybody thinks I, I look athletic because I work out and yep. I understand how to lift weights properly, but I mean, but you also give me are, a ball and like a bat, there's, I'm, nothing's happening. But you're passionate about sports. Like you I went, love sports. So because you, you, have you always worked, well, now you're stand-up and you write, but you yeah. also work in the sport. But you started out working in the sports world. How did you decide to get into though that job? I didn't decide to get into it. I just kind of fell into it. How did you fall into it? Well, I was in I was in college and I got discovered kind of Pamela Anderson S. Where'd you get where'd you go to school? Florida State. I knew that. That's <laughs> the one question. That's the one thing I knew. <laughs> so you went to Florida State and you were yeah. how did you get discovered Pamela Anderson S? I was in the stands at a football game mm-hmm. and I was dressed like an idiot because I was trying to get back at her next boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um and <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I was the girl that thought that worked. I was like, I'm going to dress like a total whore and then he'll want me back. You Did know? that work? I mean, 
after he saw you worked. on TV, did it work? No, it didn't work after he saw me on TV. It worked after I posed for Playboy and he was at rugby practice and they were all like, dude, did you see the hot chick from our school that's in Playboy? And then he wanted to kill himself. Wait, okay, so Playboy came after the... After I after the football game. Oh, let's start yeah. with the football game. So what happened? So I'm in the stands, yep. girlfriends at a football game, mm-hmm. and like the cameras in the stands kept coming to me and my girlfriends. Like whenever we would go to commercial break or like after a big play, right? And so it was just crowd shots, like exactly how Pamela Anderson got discovered, or as now people would think of it, like I was the OG Catherine Webb. Yeah, you know what I mean? Catherine um, Webb, good reference. I doubt anybody who listens to this show will get it. Really? That's why you Sad. know. No, one of the things that I do love about Google having, her, she's very attractive. W- one of way the, more attractive than me. Uh don't knock yourself here. <laughs> One of the things that I love about having you on, by the way, and having is that I like introducing people to the people who are listening to this show. That's cool. Like, because I'm for reasons that I know we'll get into uh, later. I fa- heard about you for the first time in a terrible way. Most people did. Yes. OK, so we're going to get to that. Let's yeah. but let's go. OK. Are you serving alcohol during this podcast? There you go. Oh, Jesus. Um, so, OK, so. You, what were you, what did you want to do before the camera panned to you? I wanted to be a sports agent. So you did want to be in sports though? Yeah, I did want to be in sports, um, but I wanted to be more on the, the logistics, like the, the make money side. You know what I mean? Yes. The side where I, I liked arguing a lot, like, and I was really good at arguing to the point where, like when I did mock trials and stuff in high school with the, the law pro, the junior law program I was in, they would just, I felt like jurors would just give it to me to shut me up because I was just so good. I, I love being right more than anything. So oh, your poor boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, oh no, he's, he's exactly the same. So it's, he like a, is? it's a debate every time we have oh, no. discussions become debates, but they're fun. They're very lighthearted. Um, but yeah, I, I always wanted to be an attorney, you know, and I was going to go into the sports side of it because my college sweetheart at the time was in sports management. This is the guy that you put po- that. Yeah, okay. that broke up with me like right before the football game, the infamous football game happened. Right. Um, I was always doing his homework because he was a slack ass. And so do you have any idea what he's doing now? He's selling wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who gets the last laugh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's selling he's selling wine to like Publix and Winn Dixie's in in South Florida. Well, and look at you. I don't think I'm winning. I mean, by any stretch of the imagination. I think you are. Oh, you're winning. <laughs> I think you are. Um. So okay. So, and then after that, what happens? So after like who that, contacts you? Like somebody well, sees Playboy you on TV. Came looking for me. Off of the off of the off screen of grab, yeah. So Playboy, Playboy calls and Maxim. Well, because it was not just that; it was right when like the internet was like becoming more, more of like a hangout place where right. message boards were becoming a thing. Right. And this website called Deadspin picked up my pictures, and Deadspin brought me to the attention of Maxim and to the attention of Playboy. And so Playboy came to campus and they were recruiting, and I was like, "Fuck it, whatever. I've made enough bad decisions. Let's make some more." Right. And do you I, consider that to be a bad decision? Horrible. Why? Not then. Back then, I was like, this is great because right. I, I viewed Playboy back then as like, that's some of the world's most beautiful women are in that magazine. Right. You know, anyone who's everyone is in that magazine. Yeah. Uh, looking back on it now, it's definitely cost me jobs. Has it really? Yeah. How come? Uh, I, you mean, think, you think just being nude? You can leave yeah. that open, babe. Well, yeah. Well, I think it's just more like the, 
the thing about the internet now is that all of your bad decisions are there in chronological order. Yes. They can look up every single bad thing you've done. Like people that were in the industry or even posed 10 years before I did, their pictures aren't staring them in the face but as what, much as mine are. But, but, but what, why do you think it was a bad, bad decision? Do you think people are judging people who are... It's in, a morality thing, I think, for, for some, some people. people. Yeah. It's just what More are More than Maxim? Yes, absolutely. You know what's weird? You know is, why? Because it doesn't count unless you see nipple. Yeah, but I would consider Playboy to be even classier than Maxim. Well, I mean, for me it was just because I only showed like a boob and my butt crack. That's it. A boob and a crack? Yep, a boob and a crack. Come That's on, all. that's a PG not thirteen even the, movie. Not even the front butt. I, they just got like the back butt. The you back, know? back, the actual crack. butt. They did. They got no. So like vajayjay. side boob. Side boob. Yeah. Side boob and crack. Yeah. That's nothing. I could see that tonight on like <laughs> on any like on A and E. I could you know see that. You know what's crazy though is they told me though they were like if you don't do full nudity you might not make the magazine. I'm like I'm okay with that. Tell me. I'm like I'll take your money and run. I don't care if you publish these pictures. Yeah. Like, you got paid right? Yeah. Just out of curiosity, I'm sure some people are curious. What does Playboy pay? <laughs> oh my god. Better or worse than Maxim? Um, Maxim's free. Maxim Free? is yeah. Maxim's done for the exposure because mm-hmm. they consider themselves to be like the premier men's magazine uh, that doesn't involve nudity. Right. With Playboy, I got paid eight hundred dollars. Eight hundred dollars <laughs> after taxes, four hundred. <laughs> wow, that doesn't seem like a great deal. It was like the worst decision of my life. If I would have held out like ten years, you know, more, how much more money could I have gotten? Well, especially after- plus they own your images. Yes, I do know that. Wait, so Maxim is free, mm-hmm. but the publicity you get from there leads to what? Like, what? Why? Like, well, what's their? You know, what's their dangling carrot? If you pose in here, you can do. It's the what? exposure you get. You know, I did get like, I, it raised my exposure to agents and representation and shows. So when I first left college, I'd already posed for Maximum Playboy, and then I got a. I did an interview with Sports Illustrated, and they were like, "Why don't we just let her write it?" She seems like she might actually be able to write in complete sentences. Yeah. Like, let's give her a shot. So I wrote an article for them, and they loved it. So By the they way, offered me a full-time job. You're a good writer. <laughs> Thank you. Do you... Okay. So I had a full-time job. Do you Do you take... With Sports Illustrated. Which is amazing. Year, at, at 21, 21 years, years old. old. Yes. Were you taken... Were you not taken seriously by some people because they knew your history? Or here's even a more day-to-day question. Do you find that you are, because my wife is a director, and, um, you know, when she was younger, she's still pretty attractive. Oh, she's gorgeous. Not taken seriously walking into the room when she would pitch a movie. I so still get that now, yes. When you went into Sports Illustrated, because that was, that was, a, that was the boys' club. Yeah. Right? Are you? Were you not taken seriously? And 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 were you cognate? Were you conscious of it? And so did you? I hate the term "dress down." No, I hate that term. No, back then I didn't at okay. all. Um, Do I you went, now? I went in guns a blazing. Really? Then. Are you kidding me? I had bought. I had spent all my money. You know, being a college a nanny in college on a pair of boobs. So <laughs> I was like, I'm not letting this money go to waste. Right. Everyone's gonna see what I purchased. Um, so. Do you dress down now? Absolutely. Yeah. Why do you feel like you're not? Be- no, because listen. I ran into so much opposition um, dressing the way I dressed. And I mean, I, for meetings and stuff, I still dress up. I still yeah. I, I still pull my shit together. But like I don't 
I don't like expose a lot of boobs and legs and stuff like that. You know what's crazy when I go, what's crazy is I'm sitting here in gym clothes. I well, know it's because no, I'm going to go lift after yeah, this. Yeah. Um, I will tell you what's crazy when I go into a meeting. People stare at your boobs, right? All the time. Well, I have them out. <laughs> I have them out and I wear a push-up bra. But I have had people say, hey, going to this meeting, um, what do you got for t-shirts? And I'll be like, what? What do you got? What? What do you got? Do you have like a tighter t-shirt? And I'm like, what? Like I have had, really? re- had a representation say that a bunch. I'm like, is that weird? And they're like, I've had somebody tell me, it's the opposite. You're, you go in there, if you have... A decent body, mm-hmm. wear that tight t-shirt. I mean, I still dress so you can see that I'm in shape, but I don't dress. But it's different for men and women, isn't it? I don't dress it? to expose everything anymore. It, it, it's different because if I go in with a tight t-shirt. They're like, oh, he's in shape. Yes. He's fit. Yes. If I go in with a tight shirt, they're like, sweet boobs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at titties, titties, exactly. titties, titties. They won't hear anything nothing, I'm saying. Nothing. At all. It's an amazing thing. Like, okay. All right. Uh, by the way, I jump around a lot. That's right. Uh, because I... I, it's either I have ADD or I smoke a lot of weed. I'm right there with you okay. on both counts. So it's fine. <laughs> oh. That's why I'm like, I'm following this. You were, <laughs> right there so with Sports you. Illustrated, when you get hired for Sports Illustrated, is there an office or you do that there in There was house? an office in New York, but I was writing remotely. I was working out of my parents' house in Florida because I left, once I got hired there, I was like, I got a six figure job. I'm out of here. Like, I'm like, I was left Was it school. six figures? I did really well. My first year out of college. Um, for Sports Illustrated? Mm-hmm. Just writing articles. Yeah. Do you get paid? I wrote articles and I did videos for them. Like I was one of the pioneers of like online video when it came to like traveling to different sporting events. Right. I would go, I would shoot video, um, cover whatever the big game was, you know. And do you get paid by the article or do you have a salary? I had a salary. So, and then they would go, hey, we want you to write an article you pick or do they assign you? Sometimes. It just depended. I'd be like, hey, these are the events that I got invited to. Which one are you guys most interested in? Like, I was one of the first people to be on the University of South Florida because I had went there my first two years of school before I transferred to Florida State. Oh, you mean they gave some attention to them? Yeah, I was on on their football team. I was like, you guys don't understand. In two years, they're going to be a top five team. Everyone thought I was crazy. They were really good. And then two years later, sure enough, they were number two team in the nation. Did you predate or come in right about the same time as a lot of the female sideline reporters? Right around the same time. Yeah. So you were right at the beginning of that. Yeah. It, around the same time? The Erin the Andrews, Andrews type era. Yes. yes. She was actually working as a reporter in Tampa for the Lightning. Yes. Yeah. So right around that time, then ESPN founder picked her up and then she was gone. That was right. Then that is the beginning, basically. Mm-hmm. Besides like... Les- I mean, there was Susie, you know, like Susie, Susie was... Colbert, yeah, exactly. but, but she wasn't as much... She did a lot of studio stuff too. She did a lot of studio Leslie stuff. Stalls, they, were, they were older. Exactly. They were older, more mature. Uh, and by the way... It wasn't being looked at as like, oh, she's a pretty girl. That's why why she got hired which is the crazy that's where thing. people started making yes. those assumptions all the time the crazy thing is that people like leslie stahl were almost taken more seriously because they were not perceived to be as good looking yeah so so you know one thing that i'm sure people were surprised at is that you're very well spoken sometimes uh, if i'm not smoking weed. exactly <laughs> sorry but, but it's true agree but opinionated. that's why i live here now my parents are just very disappointed in me but are that's, they yeah that's kind of the theme of my life do they not like stand up or weed um both <laughs> what do they want you to do <laughs> they want me to go back to law school i'm sure like my dad is always like so when are you gonna like get a real job when are you gonna because oh, they think i w- they think i wasted my brains 
I got a lot of that. I got a lot of that. You know, I not when are you going to get a real job, but you know, you went from the outside world. Mm-hmm. They have their idea of what success is. Yeah. Right. So if you're not Kevin Hart or you're not Amy Schumer, then you must not be successful yet. Right. And that's all I say to them is yet. And first of all, you're young, but, but, and I will say this about you and Kate. Um, I am. And one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on and her is I'm a big fan of hustle. There's nobody who hustles more than you do. Oh, thank you. I mean, I really you know watch why though is because I think I, I was hustling Kate Kiwigley, already. By the way, everybody. Yeah. I was hustling already before I met Kate, but then when you meet someone that has the same kind of drive and ambition that you do, when you kind of join forces, it's like Captain Planet. You know yeah. what I mean? Like when our it's powers combine, yeah. exactly. Yeah. One, we're probably gonna almost get arrested, and two, something funny's gonna happen. You know, and we've been able to Oh, your periscopes are great. I don't Thank watch you. very many periscopes. Really? I don't because I'm like I just don't, but I watch It's just you people too. answering questions yeah, or being you two drunk or making bad decisions. We make bad decisions, don't get me wrong. All the but time. Well, usually you have her make them, which is the smart thing. Right? Uh, <laughs> it's pinky in the brain. Yes. With boobs. Um, Pinky in the boobs? Pinky in the boobs. Uh, you yes. know, it's, it's interesting that, uh, because there's so many things I want to, okay. Uh, you, neither you or Kate, uh, for a long time, comedians, female comedians, especially if they were attractive, kind of ran away from that. Yeah. Right? And kind of wore bulky clothes on stage and wanted to and both of you fly in the face of that how come you decided i'm sure somebody's asked you that before like but how come you've decided that i think it's because look when you get on stage the one thing that i figured out is that no matter what i say to people they're already going to have a preconceived notion of me just from looking at me. Yes. I took this really great class. It's the best class that I've ever taken in LA and it's taught by the guy that caught uh, cast mash back in the day. And the whole idea of the class is understanding how the world views you. So that way your vibe, like how you can explain yourself to producers better or how you can explain yourself to an audience better and knowing what your role is, Mm -hmm. you know, like, because we're all, we're going to get brought in for the same stuff when it comes for casting type things. And I think one of the reasons why I'm not intimidated by Kate as talent is because I realize, especially after taking this class, she and I are not going in for the same things. No, you're not. She has this bubbly, high energy. I am that bitchy friend that's gonna like lay it like i practice honesty as an art form yes you know what i mean it's yeah. super brutally honest and um borderline asperger's <laughs> but like it works for me yeah. you know but so I, I realized really quickly um doing stand-up that audiences were gonna smell it and so i could either go ahead and just embrace it embrace what i look like and own it Without going the, I'm such a slut route. Like, that just doesn't work for me because I'm not a slut. Because you're not, yeah. Exactly. And, like, whenever I found that I would make jokes like that in the beginning, because I feel like that's, like, the easy place for female comics to go. And when I, when I did a couple of jokes like that in the beginning, people didn't like me. Well, do you know, and I don't know how long you've been doing stand-up. But About a year and a half on and off because I would get offered writing jobs. And so, like, whenever I would get writing a writing job or a hosting job, stand-up kind of takes a back seat just because it's not paying my bills right now. The key to stand-up. Tell me who your favorite stand-up is. Do you have one? My favorite stand-up. Do you have anybody that you go, oh, I love that person so much? <sighs> I mean, I love Louis C.K. All right. 
That's a good example. I love Louis C.K. You know the one thing about you can say about him? You have no question who he is, right? No. Okay, so his honesty, to me, it took a long time to figure this out. But there's two types of jokes. There's honest jokes and there's easy jokes. Yeah. The easy jokes, which is the one you're talking about, this I'm a such a slut or whatever. They They're may, dick, fart, But it also may raise, sex jokes. <laughs> raise you quicker. Well, here's the deal. The dick, fart, sex jokes, for, for people who are complete, that's their honesty, fly. Yeah. Right? But if it's not your truth, people your see truth. that. They smell it out. They don't they're not smart enough to know why, but people can look at somebody and understand if there's truth coming out of their mouth or if there isn't. Yeah. And so there are some people that uh you know who Joey Diaz is? Yeah. Okay. I love Joey Diaz. So I've said this a million times, but Joey is not clean con not a clean comic. No, neither are his periscopes. Right. I, I accidentally but, opened one the other day because they just open in Twitter now. Yes. And I was in public and he was like, What's up, motherfucker? Cocksucker. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, Holy shit, I'm at the grocery store. Like I was just like <laughs> I was like checking out and I was like, Oh my God. But nothing Not today, Joey. <laughs> He's so funny. But he never offends because never. it's honest. It's so honest. Exactly. Right? So that like you just have to find out at a year and a half. I mean, you don't fucking know. You yeah. don't know who you are as a no. stand-up, but I think, like I said, that one class, it's called an essence class. They make you sit down the very first day, and you haven't spoken to anyone in the room because there's always that, it's like the first day of school, mm -hmm. you know? I'm not the kid that goes in and, like, immediately starts talking to everyone. I'm really shy. Um, I become an extrovert later, and then I don't shut up, and that's the problem. <laughs> but, like, I go in, and I kind of, like, I scope out the situation, yeah. you know? And so this particular class, you sit down in front of this group of people that's never met you and they have a list of like 300 words and they check off all these words that they think just from looking at you apply to you. And I was like, wait, I, wait, wait, that's fascinating. Yeah. So I went in with no makeup on the they first day. They can check day. off whatever word they want. Uh-huh. So they have 300 words. I went in with no makeup on and gym clothes. On purpose. On purpose. Because I was like, I don't want them to look at me as an object. Like I want them right. to see me like the real me. My top five returns that I got were sarcastic, cynical, guarded. Wait, this is after they talk to you or not talk to you? Uh, not talk to me. I haven't said a word yet in this so class. Why would they think that all the witty? And my number one return was damaged. Oh my god! And if that doesn't describe a stand-up comic, I don't know what does. Yeah, that's basically it. I was like guarded, damaged, witty, sarcastic. I mean, I wonder on. what they would have been if you had gone in all decked out. I I tried it again just to like for shits and giggles. Yeah. Exact same. That's crazy. I think one of them was a little bit different, but none of them were related to my looks. That is. A Unless they think my face looks damaged, in which is <laughs> I need better work because. That is fast. I'm, I would be frightened to go in there and hear what people checked off about me. It's crazy. And then like they start writing down like key phrases because they make you start talking and telling stories about you. And um, and the teacher actually commended me because I was just so honest in my my answers to people. And I was like, do I bring up the the stuff that we're going to get into or yeah. not? Like, do I want people to judge that? Or I'm like, they must smell it on me. They must smell that I've been through something. They just don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. So one of the stories they were asked to is, uh, it breaks my heart. And I was like, uh, you want you want to know what breaks my heart? I was like, dicks. I'm like, let me tell you about something. And I told mm. them the story. And I can still, sometimes depending on how 
who I'm in front of, I still break down and cry about it. Okay, guys, we're going to get to the story we're talking about. So let's get back to where we They're lead like, up Josh, to the story. get to the dicks already. We're going to get okay, to the We're going to get to it. Okay. okay. You're working at Sports Illustrated. Yeah. You had a six-figure job. Yeah. You're writing as a 21-year-old, which is amazing. And especially then, which is, it's even, it was even more. I read my writing now, though, and I cringe, honestly. My 21-year-old writing. Of I feel course. like, because you grow, you yeah. know. But for a 21-year-old, I wasn't doing too bad. But wait, you, like, even more so back then, that's, a, that's the boys' club. Yeah. Okay. All right, so how do you get, where do you go after Sports Illustrated? I go and I get, like, little jobs, like, for, um, I worked with Sprint in the NFL, like when mm-hmm. they had their partnership. So I did a bunch of web videos for them and like cell phone videos for them. Again, first time cell phone videos were being used and I was one of the first people to do them. Uh, and then I started working for ABC. Never thought I'd be able to work for ABC or ESPN because I'd kind of pissed off some people when I was in college uh, because I was up for a job there. Uh-huh. And um, I didn't get it because I was green. But they like they like kind of like led me on the producers of the show kind of like led me on to right. believe that I was going to be a part of the show and then dropped me at the last minute and tried to not pay my contract. So I had, I kind of had some bad blood there, but but you're, I, I somehow got back on the network. You're on a, f- at this point, you're kind of on a little bit of a fast track. Yeah. Oh, nothing, nothing happened slow for me for the first five or six years. That's yeah. why, that's why now when I'm, when I'm having things to do things at like the regular rate people do them at, yeah. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, this is the grind. This is what people at, talk yeah, about. Yeah. That was a fast track you were going. Yeah, I was on TV within, God, within maybe like a year and a half, two years after being discovered. I was 23, 24. That's yeah. amazing. All right, so you go, you and then is ABC when you found yourself in New York? I finished with ABC at the beginning of 2008, and then I started working for in New York that fall. That was when the job with the Jets started. And what did you do for the Jets? I did like... Sideline reporting. Hey, buddy. Rocky. Everybody everybody who's heard can tell when I do the podcast at the house because the alarm goes. Door dee, open. Yeah. All right, buddy. Yep. Yeah, you Good too. to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, okay. So you get the job with the Jets. Get the job with the Jets. It's fall 2008. And what is your job with the Jets? I'm like, this is, again, kind of like at the beginning of when they had in-stadium host. Like, it wasn't 100%. really a thing. Yeah. You know, it was just starting where, like, they have that person in the stadium that's there to just annoy everyone and be like, this is the, the section gets a free pizza. Yeah. Like, that <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was one of the first people to do that. But you tried doing that at the Meadowlands. Not easy. Yeah. And, no. and it was, like, before they had all the kinks worked out. So, like, some games it'd be raining and I'd be standing out in the rain trying to, like, look attractive, which is not easy. <laughs> and, like, the mic would show out and like finally I was just like I just I almost threw my middle finger up and like in the air I'm like whatever they'll cheer for that this is New Jersey oh, yeah, of course they would actually the love ass. that I'd probably get fired but whatever um, at that point I had nothing to lose um, and, yeah. and then um, when most of America heard about you was in 2010 okay so what happens in 2010 2010 I have my own television show yep um I had gone through this huge transformation where I had taken out my big implants mm-hmm. and like what, I, what, 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 just out of curiosity, why, what's the pro like, why, what was, what in the decision making for that? I'll get to that. Okay. So when I was working for the jets, I got harassed by someone via text message, via the internet. I was basically cyber bullied. Mm-hmm. Um, till this day, I really, I can't confirm who it was, but I have my, you know, my beliefs about it. Mm-hmm. But 
I was cyberbullied at my job. And do you think it was somebody in the office? I don't. I mean, it was someone either that knew that knew me from work mm-hmm. or that was someone in the office. But I know that someone got my number through okay. my job. All right. So I started getting harassed on MySpace. <laughs> MySpace. Um, started getting harassed on MySpace. And then I started getting weird text messages after I had been approached at a football game. It was like the second game of the season. And this guy came up to me that was like a lackey. And he was like, what would you say if I told you that Brett Favre wanted your phone number? And this is pre... This is, this is still, August. Still giant fake? This is giant fake boobies, yeah. Okay. So I was like, I say I like my job a lot, and I look a lot like his wife. Oh, yeah. I was like, have a good day. Like yeah. I just was like being a smartass. Right. I didn't know this guy. He had like a badge, but like I knew it was. I knew he wasn't one of the important people. Like he was like running bitch errands for people. Right. You know what I mean? So I like wrote it off, didn't think about it until my phone started blowing up, and the text messages at first were like really benign you know what I mean and then they they gradually got more aggressive and then aggressive turned into picture messages right. did, which did we you all ever kind say, of know about right did you ever say who is this yeah yeah they wouldn't tell me and so you get a a dick pic sent to you yeah I think I was probably the pioneer of dick pics yeah by the way I used pioneer to do, recipient I should say I used to do a great joke about his dick pic oh god i mean it was a really good one i bet i mean you have to understand i've heard every dick pic joke lay it on me i f- i have to tell you all i remember is that it used to crush i don't it was so you long don't even ago. remember the bit no it was so long ago it's like two and a half hours of You're material so ago shit. it's two and a half hours not kidding he's like oh that's like three albums ago You're, i just okay. don't remember <laughs> okay oh, it was, but, i'm swimming in my chelsea Lately money so this am i I tell me when I can jump in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, you know how much we made per appearance on Chelsea Lately? No. Was it more or less than Playboy? $400. Oh, you made the same amount. Well, you made 800 Oh, yeah, taxes. I made 400 And California taxes. Oh, you got fucked. Manager, agent, lawyer, taxes. So I know people. You were working for sandwiches. Basically, I know people are like you made a. <laughs> were ton- the craft services good? Uh, there was no craft service on Chelsea lately. What? To do an appearance on the show, there's no craft service. No. That's crazy. Yeah, the network was super cheap. I know people think we're swimming in because you were on that show a million times, and I walked yeah. away with under two hundred dollars. By the way, crazy. no complaints. It was the best thing that ever happened to me, and, yeah, and I it was loved a great it. Show and you were great awesome show. on it. Yeah, but people think we got rich off it. That's not the case. Okay, so the pictures. The do you have to say allegedly? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the picture allegedly came from Brett Favre. From yeah, from Brett Favre. Okay. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. When that happens, right? How does the phone? How does the picture make it from your phone to Gawker? Right. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? Oh, I was twenty-five years old at the time when yeah. this happened, Holy and shit, you had had so much of a career by twenty-five. Yeah. And Jen, not only did you have a career, like you were part of at a very young age, pioneering a you were ushering in a different brand of sports report. Yeah. It was edgier, it was sexier, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, um and 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 um it was right when we'll get to this afterwards mm-hmm. because I, I wanna know how long it took you to stop being mad or bitter 
or stop asking yourself what ask me in five years okay. really <laughs> um you know it, it's it's hard i it, it can only imagine it depends it depends what day you catch me on and what i've dealt with on the internet that day and things like that still but yeah still still but so to answer your question the uh you know mr add over here yeah sorry um i was 25 years old and i did not have the fun fact is i did not have a manager i did not have an agent i did not have anyone working for me at the time so i literally was handling this whole situation by myself and against very rich powerful people against very well at that time i really wasn't even dealing with rich and powerful people i was dealing with it within the organization and so i told several people in the organization what was going on that i was being harassed i changed my phone number and the text still kept coming to a new phone number so i was like this has to be someone that has access to my new employee files Mm -hmm. you know um I confided in people that I really, really trusted. I confided in several sports reporters that are very high profile. Like if I said their name, you'd be like, oh my God, yes. Especially, you know, being a football fan or a baseball fan, you would know these people's names. I confided in other players that I was friends with. Um, and so I, I shared the information with someone, you know, that could basically identify it right <laughs> uh, the thing in the pictures yeah um i shared it with with a few people but it was never shared in like a joking context um it was like more of a holy shit i am in such deep shit right now yeah because, because i was i was panicked to go to work well you're in it, a lose-lose aren't you i was in a lose-lose situation yeah if i bring it up i get fired if i don't bring it up i'll probably still get fired because i'm gonna be terrible at my job because i shit you not i had to be so medicated to go into that stadium because I had such terrible anxiety. Like people assume when you look a certain way that you handle sexual advances very well, but I didn't know, honestly, my exterior did not match what people would think about me. Mm -hmm. And so I would constantly run into this receiving unwanted male attention and I'm so nice and I'm so, did you feel, I'm I'm a pretend asshole. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm so nice when it comes to, turning people down and getting myself out of weird sexual situations with men because I'm just not interested. And when someone comes at you the way that this particular situation came at me, I was just terrified. Did there you was feel no threatened? Getting, yeah. Basically it was implied. It was very implied or it was not implied. It was said that my job was not as important as the person that was texting me. Yeah. Uh, by the way. And that to be said, I never met the person. But then that's people to this day think that I'm I'm the mistress or that I You've never met that person. Never met him. I can look you dead in the eye and take a lie detector test. I've never met him. And by the way, that is his out. Yeah. His out is that his name was never on a text. Yeah. And that you never met him. Yeah. Right? Mhm. So that's listen, what do I know? But it smells like somebody who might have done that before. Because he knew the right rules. For all I know, Josh, I was on a group text. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, maybe I was the pioneer of group text. I was, like, maybe in, like, a BBM chat, and, like, I didn't know. Like, maybe I was, like, the manager of yeah. a BBM chat. You, you know when a, you're the group leader of mm-hmm. a BBM chat? And that just thing keeps going, or the WhatsApp Could chat? Could be. Maybe you were. Yeah. You had no idea. Okay. Exactly. Right. So, you confided in some people. Mm-hmm. They ended up, somebody leaked the picture. Yeah. Well, they didn't leak it. They sold it because they got desperate for money. Sold it. Yeah. Okay. That person sells the picture. Mm-hmm. Is there you any- ever want to know how much your life's worth? Yeah. I know. How much? $13,000. 
That's it? Yeah, I got sold out for $13,000. So here's what happened. So I was, how does your life change as soon as that picture comes out? <sighs> I was fired right I away? was given, no. I was given 24-hour notice by the, the person that released the pictures of Deadspin that they were going to do this to me. He's like, I'm giving you 24 hours to give me a comment, to participate, whatever, put your side out there. Uh, of course, my manager, I, by then I had gotten a manager mm -hmm. and an agent, and both of them were like, absolutely not. Um, the network I was working for was aware that I was being bullied for this information, and they were like, you will not comment on this, you know. That's okay, buddy. That's my son. Hey, nice to meet you. That's Jacob. That's Taylor. <laughs> nice he can go outside you. if he wants to. Oh, oh, Rocky. I know, buddy. Oh, you know what he is, Jakey? He's hungry. All right, thank you. He's like, Dad. I know. Gosh. It's funny, like, between his girlfriend and my wife and you, it's like all similar versions of the same. Person. Yeah, we're variations of the <laughs> <Yeah>. same. <laughs> Just attractive yeah, brunettes, yeah, yeah, pretty so faces, mm, long round, hair. Exactly. Cheekbones. Big eyes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so when that comes out, right? I'm I'm basically that comes out I think at the beginning of October. Uh -huh. My show's off the air uh the week of Halloween. I think I went off the air like Halloween day maybe or the day before Halloween so my show was canceled within a month did you get severance no you don't get severance when you're a contract worker you know that yeah I know but so you so you can't even file for unemployment I know isn't that shit yes so it was non-union you did not are not the one who put it out there no I got screwed not only are you not the one who put that out there but you lost your job I not lost my job you lost I future lost jobs. Future because, jobs. Because I, I'm assuming the I NFL never hired you again. Hell no. And right. they prevented me from getting other jobs. Right. Because, look, the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA. You're dealing with one of the most powerful companies in the world. Yeah. yeah. Well, and if I'm Major League Baseball and I'm like, well, or I'm another team in Major League Baseball and I think, well, not all my players are saints. I can't have somebody perceive. Exactly. Right. So you are already damaged in the job and in the profession mm -hmm. that you had chosen and started to help pioneer and crack ways for other people to get in. I was done before I even got off the ground. You were done before you were 27 years old? Yeah. 28. It was my 28th birthday that year. So not only did, okay, not only did they fire you, no severance, but they have- The network did. I wasn't yes. working for the NFL. I was working for, uh, it was versus now NBC didn't Sports. Matter. Yeah, it didn't doesn't, matter. I was matter. getting fired regardless. You were getting fired. And what sucks, think about all the people that lost their job as a result of it as well. Oh My yeah, show going on your off show, air, yeah. All the production people, all the writers, all of the other talent. You know, granted, a lot of them, like they just went and they picked up another job, but some yeah. of them didn't. Yeah, but none of them were tainted from here no. to eternity. No, Which is what- Okay, I got two questions. One, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. Okay. Do you, because I know I have in different situations, right? I had a television show. I had a, an amazing opportunity, a talent deal, and I made a decision that looking back on it, I know that's the decision why the show didn't end up on TV. And I asked myself what if for about, 
I don't want to say 10 years, but pretty fucking close Mm -hmm. where I was like, and and not something where I woke up every day kicking myself and, 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 um, feeling bad for myself because that's Mm -hmm. not my thing. But I did for a good decade wonder what if I hadn't, do you still, what if yourself? About what if I hadn't, what, what, what if, what if it hadn't been me? What if I hadn't been fired? Yeah, Why? I wonder all the time what my what my life would look like. But you know what? I think that out of every negative situation comes a positive situation. And the way I got through the situation in 2010 when it all came out was through comedy. Was through making myself laugh. You know? How, so at 28, mm-hmm. did you hit depression for a little while? Oh, I had PTSD, but I didn't have PTSD from that. I had PTSD from a friend dying in the middle of the whole scandal. A really close, my, the only person that I really could confide in right. during the whole thing um, passed away. How? Massive heart attack in the middle of the night. How old? 37. Come on. Yeah. Total shocker. Drugs? Yeah. No. Oh, just overweight, obese. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why fitness is so important to me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, um, it's it's crazy. So so at 28, you, I mean, listen, I don't think- At 28, I, I lived more lives than yeah. most people will live their entire life. And I don't think, but- And not like in a good way. Like no. I'd seen loss. But Jen, now at 28, at 21, you were like, I know what I'm going to do for the rest of my career. And I built <laughs> it and I'd done everything the right way. And at 28, that possibility is gone. Yeah. Because like there was a moment when I was, I was, um, I was basically, you know, I don't know how much I can really talk about it, but the only lawsuit I ever filed during the whole thing was to basically break up with my manager Mm -hmm. because he and I were just not seeing eye to eye on how to handle the situation. We wanted different things. What did he want? Um, I'm not really, I'm not really allowed to speak for him. I wanted to go back to work. I wanted to go back to work and I wasn't being allowed to go back to work because, um, you know, uh, I think it's pretty public in the lawsuit that I filed, but he wanted me to write a book mm-hmm. and Tell all. yeah. And I refused. I didn't want to write a book. I didn't want to be that girl the rest of my life. But you know, what's crazy, Jen, is that you did all the right things. I don't want to use the word blackballed, but you're still not working for the NFL or any other sports no. team. When I would say your knowledge and your knowledge of sports and not only your knowledge of sports, your basic, um, control and, uh, Use of the English language, which is fantastic. It's okay. You're you're smart. I'm very fluent in broken English. Yes, yeah, me too. <laughs> I can speak very. I speak the people's English. Mm-hmm. That's you know why I, mean? I can buy roses on the side of the highway. Exactly. Easy. Exactly. Um, but I wonder if people can hear my dog drinking. Probably. <laughs> Get it. He loves it, right, buddy? Um, but so they're like, this girl is so not funny. He's not asking me funny stuff, guys. guys Sorry, but you, this listen, is some real shit, Jen. I don't know if you listen to my podcast. It's we get to funny if we have to. Yeah. Did you want it to be funny? Because no. we can. I mean, I I want it to be honest. That's like yeah, my big thing. We're gonna it's like find, I always like being honest. We're gonna find. We'll find. Look, we've only been talking for an hour. Yeah. Holy shit! It has been. <laughs> um, but but don't worry, don't worry. I mean, look, I I had a guy named Ty Rivera on this week. He's a comedian. Ty's great. But he wasn't funny at all because he talked. We talked about Trump. Oh, crazy! You know, he's a Trump supporter. Did not see that coming. Gay Latino Trump supporter. Wow. How about that? Is that crazy? I have to talk to him when I see him out next time. Um. Okay. All right. And then we'll get into some. We'll get into some more. But I, this is see. I love because like. Okay. 
one of the reasons I like having people on that I, I don't know is because it's and what, constant discovery. Yes. And for you and the people listening. And for you, by the way, I will tell you the difference between you at the beginning of the interview and now is that when you're talking to somebody you don't know, there's more, you were definitely more there and you've, You've, oh yeah, I'm like slouching now. Yeah, I'm like, you've I don't give leaned a into it a little bit, yeah. which is like it's okay. And then we'll get past yeah. it because I, all right, I promise everybody we'll get to Jen's funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So so yeah, I was actually diagnosed with PTSD. That is crazy. All right. So I will tell you, not that, from the experience, right. but just the culmination of everything, including the the sudden death of someone. I think that's a really hard thing. Like death is a hard thing for anyone to process, yeah. even when you're given time to like cope with it and understand it's coming but you don't expect someone that young to just be gone you know yeah it's brutal so so that was something and so one of the things that I was criticized the most for was during my exit interview like I call it my exit interview like I was a job um I actually had an interview with George Stephanopoulos Uh um which people were trying to keep me from doing um but I finally I did speak and People were like, why is she, she's so emotionless. She must be lying. I physically could not cry after, for a year after like my friend died. It took me a year to break down. And the only, the the time I broke down was when I was interviewing a, I was back to work. I was working for Fox and I was doing like a, like a feel good piece about a guy that was on like a a paraplegic, yeah, a paraplegic uh, skier. I thought you said feel good. No, it was a feel good because <laughs> he was a skier. I'm totally you know what kidding. I mean? <laughs> the fact that he overcome, he was a war vet. He was yeah. a wounded warrior, and I was doing a I was doing a story with him, and he's like, I was talking with him, and during the interview, like he would just he just touched something in me by the things he was saying. He was like, "You get it." He's like, mm. "I know you get it." It's like he saw that piece of me that was like fucked up. Jesus. And I just started crying. I was like, I need a minute. <laughs> and it was like, the I was like, what is this stuff coming from my face? Like I was freaking out because I hadn't cried in over a year. It was nuts. Hey, but here's the thing. Like, I can't believe, look, you have endured every bit of the social media of what's bad with social media. Oh yeah. You've endured keyboard warriors, everything trolls, you name because it. Because even down to what you just said about the interview, people were judging you. They were sitting in their living room, not knowing what you had been through. They're or like, hadn't she's been so through. motionless. I'm like, it's Botox. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the fact that I was Botox, overly Botoxed and wasn't crying. People were like, she's lying. Yeah. She's lying. And I told you going in, the people who don't know a lot about this case, think that you did something for the money yeah you got i lost everything you lost everything i lost everything and then i was in the hole because i actually went into the negatives because i had to hire a publicist to basically help me clean that up and the shitty part about having a publicist when you're someone like us yeah when you're unfiltered is the first thing they do is slap a filter on you yeah they're like you can't say that (laughs) they're like how would you answer this question? And they're like, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not how you're going to answer that question. Um, and so now, you know, several years later, I'm able to like actually answer things the way I would answer them in my voice yeah. and not like some proper speak that my lawyers and them have approved also because everything was still so fresh and raw and there was so much emotion that was like being capped in me at the time. Would you have done it looking back now, anything you would do differently? I would have spoken right away. Spoken what? Out 
I would have spoken out in public right away. Um, How so? You would have said, because it's interesting. You know what's interesting to me is that, so victims get blamed more than the dick pic guy, yeah. right? That's the crazy thing, is that, and then somehow if you they, out the they dick pic guy, you, you're looked at as the bad guy. I think it depends what you look like. I think it depends what the victim looks like. Really? Yeah. Which is a big part of when you said, why did you undergo that huge transformation? Right. Why did you take your boobs out? I was so messed up after that season working with the Jets that I came out to LA and I had some meetings out here and I met with this wonderful man that was running FS1. It was back then it was FSN at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, uh, Wonderful man that like let me put myself on tape and like work in the studio and work with prompters and stuff because this was before like I had a studio job and I was really wanting to go into studio work. And he was just like, Jen, he's like, you're really talented and you're really smart. He goes, those are distracting. He's like, and I think... Is that, that offensive for someone to say that to you? Hmm? Somebody, some people would be offended by that. To me, I that's was, an honest... I was an honest assessment. And yeah. for someone that I was looking to be hired by one day, I thought I was very appreciative for the advice. I was, I'm more offended when guys that I was trying to date would say that to me. I had this one guy that was like super holy roller Christian dude be like, look, Jen, like, I like you. He's like, you're a really nice girl. He's like, you're funny. You know, you're smart. He's like, but I can't take you home to my parents. You look like a stripper. Because you had big tents? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That oh, was like the final the way, straw. Oprah's get big tits. She doesn't look like a stripper. Oprah's weren't bolt-ons. That's true. Oprah wasn't, Oprah wasn't a buck five wet and with huge, you know, they were they were double Ds supposedly, but I think they were like Gs. They 105 were pounds and double Ds? Yeah. Did you tip like, over? No, no. That's su- crazy. I was surprisingly strong. Yeah. Well, you have to be to carry those. I have terrible back problems now. That's besides <laughs> the point. Okay, so how did you, you're not saying how old you are now, but how, 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 I mean, you, it's on the internet. I'm 32. So how did you decide stand up? I always wanted to do stand up. It's so weird. Even when I was little, I always wanted to do it. My parents would take me, like I said, my parents were, were really big about taking us out and like letting us do cool things. And I remember the first stand up show I saw and I was like, who was it? It was at uh, Pleasure Island. that's a stand-up place well it was pleasure island in orlando they had like a comedy club there and so it was some stand-up some improv and i was like i want to do this i want to make people laugh and i was little and when i was little i was an asshole like i would just say my parents were like she is our no filter child oh you were you were that kid yeah can you think of um a good example like if your parents ever told you you said this to the postman or anything like that um i got in trouble for calling a kid at school a silly ass when i was like four or five silly ass a silly ass and i was in the principal's office my mom was like why did you say that and i was like well peter pan says it and she goes peter pan doesn't have a mother Peter Pan doesn't have a mother. <laughs> she had made a good point. I had never oh. thought of that. You um, know, there was a kid that I went to uh, I school I loved making with. fun of my parents. That was the big thing. That's how I started doing stand-up. Really? The first time I got on stage, I was 15. Was talking shit to your parents? I always, I'd be like, Mom, can I get unlimited text? She's like, you can get unlimited text when you have a job. I'm like, I'm not allowed to leave the front lawn. How am I supposed to get a fucking job? My mom, I was always the kid. I told you, I loved to argue. I guess. And I was such a smart ass when I argued. Oh, you and I... That wouldn't have been good for you. If, you, if my if he said that to me, I would <laughs> be smack like smack him across the room. Oh, I'd be like, you know what? It's a good point. <laughs> you probably shouldn't have a phone then either. <laughs> I remember though, like um, when I first started doing stand up, I was fifteen. 
Oh, wow. And I did it because I was not really, my school was not my thing. And I remember my dad a couple times saying, you're a wise ass. So I went and found an open mic, 15. They drove me for the first time. but And I didn't know what to talk about. And the guy, when I signed up, I go, what should I talk about? He goes, talk about whatever you know. So I made fun of my parents. I sat in the front row and I made fun of because both my parents fart a lot. Oh my God. So I did. See, you started with the fart jokes. I, Everyone's done. I did the, it's the beginner it's, stuff. It's the beginner stuff. Yeah. I did the entire set on how much my parents fart. Now. You did five minutes on, on flatulence? I believe it was closer to eight. Oh my God. Um, and you know, it, listen, when I got on stage, my mom had one of those cameras, the zeet, 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 you know, that you had to wind to. Oh my God. Zeet, zeet, zeet. Zee, 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 was click. it disposable? Yes. So she's doing the zee, 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 click and she's super excited as I'm walking on stage. Zee, 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 click. Zee, zee. And she'd be like, right when I started talking, she'd be like, hold on, Josh, stand still. And I'd be like, mom, right? You're embarrassing me in front of the drunks. I forgot to tell you. No, it was a coffee house. I forgot to tell you what I was wearing. Hello, Western Massachusetts. I was wearing um, acid wash jeans. Nice. Tucked into my high tops. Of course. Um, a uh, thick silver chain. Oh my god! And a mesh, like the thick links that like. No, t- together, not like thick link, like a thick. Did chain. you get them at Piercing Pagoda, like in the middle of the mall? I think I got them at Chess King. <laughs> Chess King. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I was wearing a white mesh shirt with nothing underneath it. You could see your little fifteen-year-old nipples. Oh yeah, and a mullet and a hat. Oh, they must have loved you. Oh, I fucking killed. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember See, the first I time you got on stage? Ex- yeah, I was wearing the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah I knew you would be. <laughs> no, my very first time on stage. Where? Uh, you're never going to believe this. It was at the Abrea Improv. Really? First time? My first time. They gave me eight minutes at the Abrea Improv. It was a fucking... Dis- the first... Who were you there with? Johnny LaQuasto, Greg, uh, Greg Cotter, uh, a couple other guys. I don't remember, but it was... I mean, it was like a stacked lineup and Jen Sturger. Um, What'd you talk about? I talked about Playboy. I was really honest about my Playboy stuff. My Playboy stuff killed. Um, but then I started telling a story. So like my mistake as like a beginner stand-up was I was doing joke, 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 joke all yeah. at the front and I was killing. And then I started telling a story and the audience got quiet. And when you're on stage for the first time in that kind of environment and you're used to hearing laughter and all of a sudden it's kind of like just fades away. Yeah. You're like, holy fuck, am I not funny anymore? I didn't realize that they were listening to me. Yeah. And my friends were like, you were doing great. And then all of a sudden you just started panicking. What was that about? And I was like, they got quiet. And he goes, Jen, they were listening to yeah. you. And I was like, Oh. It takes a long time to be, it takes a long time to, to be realize. comfortable with silence. Yeah. It takes a, and you know what? And I still experiment with it. I love experimenting with it. Like I let it get to the point where it gets weird. Yeah. I for do that. both of us. There's a joke that I tell about Jacob and what pulls me out of the silence is him saying to me, mm, this is awkward, huh? But, it, <laughs> but it works in double because I let the silence go to where it's awkward in the, the showroom yeah like it's it's but i i uh this past three weeks on the road i've done something i've never ever done i'm a, a very high energy move around a lot and for the last three weekends up until the last joke you've like really settled i leave the mic in the stand really stand there isn't it cool that we basically, we have a job where we can do a social science experiment every time we get on stage? It's the only way I know to get better. Yeah. It's the only way I know to get better because I know, I know and, and 
holy shit, I lost myself the last three years stand-up wise. I really did kind of lose myself. And then the last two months, I've really found it again. I lost myself just in being lazy as a writer and not challenging myself. And the last two or three months have been so reinvigorating. Is it because you started talking about real shit? I've always talked about real shit. Really? I've always talked about real shit that was real to me. Yeah, but you have to remember, like, sometimes I, I forget that, like, I have really weird experiences for someone my age, you know? So yeah. when I start talking about shit, like, that are weird experiences, people look at me like, no, you did not. Like, really? No. Like, for instance, I've only done a joke about that whole situation. Mm-hmm. I've only done a joke about it three times. Once was when I was in Tampa and I knew everyone in the room knew who I was and it was the elephant in the room and I was like, I need to say something about it and yes. just get it out of the way so I'm that sure I'm acknowledging it. Yep. Fucking slayed. Yep, I'm sure. Like standing ovation practically. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was great. And it was in the middle of the set. They were on board. Um, the other two times, one, I had written like almost like a set about it because I had just recently lost another job because of it and I was frustrated and pissed off so i was like how do you I'm, know when you lose a job like does somebody say someone we just can't me. because of someone told me they're like look we're trying to do a deal with the nfl and they're they're they they're not gonna sign off on you like they basically told us we can't work with her yeah that's so i told you that there have been things that i tried to get you i know on. and i appreciate it i i it means a lot to me when like comics and people that i you know my friends stand up for my talent and they're like forget all of the shit you read about her like, just take a meeting with her, mm-hmm. you know, and some people, it's the people that take the meeting I can, and I can get in front of, they're like, oh, she's nothing like what we thought she was going to be. But it's the people that don't have that open-mindedness to even bring me into the room. They're the ones that are missing out. Jen, think about the pictures that they put online of you when they were describing oh, I know. what happened. It's great. Right? So if yeah. you think about I was pictures, dead in the water. Fuck yeah, That's you what were. I said. It all depends on what the victim looks yeah, like. Yeah, you were fucked. So yeah, I but I wouldn't I tried stand up twice and the first time it slayed. Yeah. It slayed. It was in the belly room of the store. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It slayed. Loved it. The next time I tried it, biggest mistake of my life because your producer was there and saw me eat a bag of dicks was at the parlor. You cannot do that set at the parlor. Wait, one, who's my producer? One of it was like one of the not your producer, your one of your bookers for your show. Oh, Michael saw Cox. me, yeah, saw me, and he was like, "I really wanted to talk to you after the show," and I was like, "I didn't want to talk to anyone after that show." I gave him your name. Yeah, yeah. but I was awful at the parlor. Like that was the worst set that I think I've ever had. Was at the parlor. You know the the wonderful thing about stand up, especially now, is and look, we're this is. Hollywood is more and more a personality driven business, right? Yeah. Luckily we're not, you know, too dull. Exactly. No, it's we're it's personality driven business, right? So the bit of beautiful thing is you always you also remember if you're likable on stage, whether you're funny or not, if you're still likable, mm-hmm. people can look at you and go, Man, that wasn't the best set. But what the difference is as a comic, if you're not funny, you just want to go shoot yourself in the face oh, yeah. right away. Right away you're like, I think it's time I shoot myself exactly. In the face. Yeah. How, so well, you, I just have one of those weird voices. Um, but you've only been doing it a year and a half. Yeah. Well, I'm still finding my voice. But I, but knowing myself and like, like I said, knowing my essence, I have this voice that like, if you catch me on the wrong day, you mm-hmm. might think I'm a total bitch because that lovableness might not show through because of whatever kind of day I'm having. Okay. But isn't it possible for you to do stand up 
and just capture that personality that you're talking about, you can be a lovable bitch. Natasha Leggero is. Yeah. That's basically what I do. Yeah. I mean, so you can do that. It doesn't work everywhere. Um, it did not work in Tampa. Like I did, I did five or six shows with Brad Williams yeah. in Tampa um, in September. And I was trying out some new stuff. Really, really liked it. It was killing in LA. I'm yeah. like, this shit's going to kill in Tampa. <laughs> I took it there. Um, the first show, it was a little rocky. And I was yeah. like, what? what's that about? Why are you guys being weird? You know? And I like kind of called it out. I was like, oh, like that's where you assholes draw the line. Like that's where you're not going to go with me. Right. I was like hypocrites. And I couldn't figure out why that show got weird. And then the next show was fine. And then the next show was weird. And the next show was fine. And then I finally figured out I started watching the people when they were leaving the theater and like part of the set was I was picking on my boyfriend who um, he plays major league baseball. Yes. And um, he's not in shape or he wasn't in shape. He's worked he wasn't his, in shape. He wasn't in shape. I was like, you picked the one sport besides sumo wrestling that you can be morbidly obese and still be considered a he professional. He was not athlete. obese. He was not obese, but he was definitely like, you wouldn't look at this guy and be like, that is a specimen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the way people look at me. Go ahead. Exactly. Josh, wear tighter shirts yeah, to me. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He just didn't have an athlete's body. You know, like that was kind of like our ongoing theme, you know? Does um, he now? Yes. Oh, 100%. He looks like a whole new person at spring training. I think it's because he was a free agent. I think he got like the revenge body. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Got the ex-girlfriend body? Yeah. You know, oh when, like, a team, when a oh, team's yeah, like, oh, we're going to take you off the 40 and you can uh, you can option your free agency or whatever. And he's like, all right, fine. So he's like, I'm going to show you. And I, he went and he got a revenge body and he's in amazing shape is now. He in, is he, how's he playing? He's playing great. He's playing really you great. You know what? I followed him on Twitter, I told you, and he just sent me a, a message that said about time. And I was like, my bad. Yeah. My he, bad. He's got a great personality. And it's, um, it's... It's so weird when you find someone whose neuroses match yours. Were you nervous to date an athlete after all that shit that went down? Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't planning on dating him at first at all. Well, um, not with that body. No. Well, no. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. I, it had nothing to do with that. I started following him on Twitter because he was funny. I was like, holy shit, this guy's actually funny. And at the time, he was playing in the... He was playing in AAA. Right. Um, he hadn't, hadn't even had his cup of, coffee, cup of coffee, as they call it. Yeah. He hadn't even been called up yet. And I was like... I don't know. This guy's pretty funny. And I read through his timeline and I like some of his jokes. And so whatever. I followed him. He didn't follow me back. Motherfucker. Yeah, he pulled a Josh Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. That son of a bitch. So then I made a joke one night that like one of his friends that like has a decent Twitter following, he liked it because he's like a good Christian guy. I made a joke, something along the lines of like, I don't understand why bars call themselves things like redemption and faith. I'm like, if I opened a bar, I'd call it go home to your wife and kids, you know? <laughs> and he and his friend was like, that's that's funny. She's smart, you know? Um, You're religious. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't I'm not religious. I have faith. There's a difference. I need you to tell me what that is. The difference? Yeah. I really, I don't go around preaching it and right. I don't, I'm not one of those like in your face Bible thumping people. Right. I just know that there's something bigger than me that. Right. Were you raised religious? No. No, not at all. When did that happen for you? Uh, it your happened, faith. happened when uh, I lost my friend. That's very interesting. It happened when I lost my friend and it happened after the whole, the whole, yeah. you know, thing happened. It happened probably about a year and a half later. Your faith has helped you get yeah. through all that? Yeah. Sometimes I, I struggle with, 
if I make a joke or something like that and I'm like, oh, I, I get some pee, people like, they'll say, oh, that was really off colored right. or you can't be a Christian. I'm like, no, the fact you're saying that I can't be a Christian is what makes me a Christian. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not perfect. I am the most imperfect person you will ever meet. Like down to my smile. Like it's crooked. I what? hate it. You say. know, stop it. Don't look at it. <laughs> you said it. Whole, how can I? Not? I'm going to do the whole podcast how, holding my hand How can now. I? I haven't. No, but. What part of your smile is crooked? Um, the whole thing, you know, you mean like, not my like, teeth, but like, I, oh, you mean like in a, in a Stallone kind of bell palsy? No, way? yeah. In like a JR kind of way, a Jim Ross kind of way. Really? Like a God. Yeah. <laughs> I I can't see it. You, you keep I know, putting the I'm microphone the in front mic of over it. it. Uh, Josh is like, this is the closest she's held the mic I to her face. Oh, no, finally she's got it in front of her mouth. Um, <laughs> that's, that's what she what said. Eggs, thank thank you. you very much. Um, <laughs> uh, wow. So that happened late in life. Yeah. I mean, I always... Does I it, think I think you're born with faith and then right around the time Santa and the Easter bunny and the tooth fairy die. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you spoilers. trying to tell me? Um, Do right you, around the time all that happens, you're like, shit, I question everything. And I got super jaded and I made a lot of really bad decisions in college. You know what I mean? And I was like, man, if I would have just had something to keep me grounded when I was going through that whole thing, like yeah. getting discovered and like that whole fast track. Would I have made different decisions? Would I have gotten huge implants? Who knows? You know what I mean? I have much different values now than I used to. I'm still an asshole. Yeah. No, Don't no, get me no, wrong. Clearly. Oh, yeah, clearly. <laughs> I'm still, still a lovable asshole, but I'm not. You're not as much of an asshole as you think you are. Well, no. But You're, be, being honest doesn't make you an asshole. To some people, it does. I know, but a I lot of people can't handle sorry. honesty. I, but I would say that, like, people ask me that all the time about Chels. They're like, "Isn't she is she a bitch?" I'm like, she doesn't come off as a bitch to me at all. No, you know what she is? She's honest. And but yeah. that's why, like, the difference between me, if I'm honest, I'm a straight shooter. If you're honest, you're a bitch. I know. It's Guys a, get so much leeway. Yeah. Thank. I mean, listen. I'm. I thank God for that. Yeah, I'm not gonna say I haven't had. But a, I think that's why. I mean. The, <sighs> So many male comics are like, there's no difference between being a male comic and a female comic. I'm like, there's absolutely a difference. Well, e look, to so, say that there aren't sexist people out there who don't take you struggles. seriously. Yeah, there's absolutely, different struggles. Absolutely, there are Like, you struggles. run into the struggle probably of, there's lots of funny white guys doing the exact oh same thing God. well that's funny white guys with a scruffy beard funny like white guy there's that there's a couple of us um funny white guys but i would also say that um funny white guys what problems do you have it's oh. like are you on drugs like do you have to you have to like be so damaged well, well like funny, differentiate here, yourself yeah and here's the deal with funny white guys right funny white guys uh can't we, be too attractive well that I, I don't know. I think you can. I think it works for guys to be attractive and be comics because the biggest thing I found in doing stand-up the little time that I've done it is I have to get the women in the room on my side. Oh, yeah, you do. Because otherwise, the dudes in the room are not going to feel like they have the permission to laugh because they want to have sex with the girl they're sitting next to. Okay, but I will take you just on an opposite road. Okay. When, and this happens to me, and I address it at the beginning of shows because I've been in front of it long enough to see it. When it's... Two girls and two guys, and it's a husband and wife and date. Those guys, not only do they not know who I am, they don't want to be there, and they don't like me. Anytime you're in bed with your wife and you're watching TV. And she's like, that guy's so funny. 
yeah, that's you're the you're, enemy. Yes. So I I would tell you this. It's the exact opposite for me. Like I and I my I never humor, thought of that. My humor. But it's so true. Yeah, my humor is is I don't know who's it's geared towards, but there's definitely when guys come they laugh. But I would bet seventy percent of my crowd are women. Sixty five. Well, yeah, it's because it's the it's the Chelsea. Following. It's a Chelsea thing. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like so, guys, you can ask Chris Frangelo the same thing. Like there's it's the exact opposite, not yeah. to the same degree, but um, it, it it has happened. God, it must be so hard to be an attractive white guy. I mean, we've had it hard the last <laughs> six, the last six months. We've had it really hard. <laughs> I mean, the last six months have been people have really been picking on us. The last six months, they've really <laughs> made us be better people and stop being misogynistic. And I, I, it's funny. I did talk to a booker not too long ago, and uh, we were out at the club. I'm like, oh, the weekend's pretty good. He goes, yeah. He goes, you know, for a white dude, you do all right. I go, what do you mean? He what? Goes, and I go, what do you mean? He goes, oh, there's so many of you guys. It doesn't yeah. matter. He goes, it doesn't matter who I plug in here. White guy? It doesn't matter which white guy I plug in, usually. And I was like, really? Wow. And he was like, yeah, you're white guys. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, there's just so many options. Like, yeah. if I'm not going to see white guy this weekend, there's a good chance white guy is going to be here next week. <laughs> oh, he's not here next weekend? White guy will be here the weekend after. You know what I mean? Yeah. By the way. I'm like, there's always a token girl on every show. Yeah, you know what? This weekend in Charlotte, I actually had someone say they couldn't book Kate and I on the same show. Why? Because he can't have two girls in the same lineup. Did Even you, though we have vastly different styles of comedy, did you punch him in the face. No, it doesn't make. It any would have sense. been a vast improvement, though. Trust y- me. Really? Yeah. It really doesn't make any sense because, um, I would tell you that, um, uh, like when my friend Sarah Colonna and Heather McDonald go on the road, the audience is predominantly women. And it's packed. Mm-hmm. Like you, I don't know. He's not right. Whoever this guy is. Yeah. Is he in town? Yeah. Yeah. They don't know shit. <laughs> I mean, they're dealing with LA. Exactly. Do you travel at all doing stand up? I like traveling. I like traveling because it exposes me to different kinds of people. And I feel like LA audiences can be a little jaded. My worst city. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the hardest place to do stand up because I'm- the crowds are really smart and they're so jaded. They're so broken. <laughs> Well, and so it's almost like you have, have to you be ever heard of, of the cool kids. Yeah. And have you ever heard of? Yeah, exactly. We all know who those are. Yes, we do. Um, we, you have to be one of the cool kids. And by the way, I'm not one of them. Neither am I. I'm not one of the cool kids either. And the cool kids don't do as well in Tampa and other places you're talking about. But New York and L.A. Or on specials. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But the the cool kids, Sorry, New, York and <laughs> New York and L.A., you're one of the cool kids. You're in good shape. Yeah. What's like the, so what's the end goal for you now? Do you want to get back into sports? I don't think I'd go back into sports unless it was a show that allowed me to talk about sports the way I talk about sports. And that is brutally honest, making fun of it, like roasting it. Yeah. Like that is one of the, that's one of the reasons I love going on the road is because I can talk sports with any town I go to. And so like when I went to Tampa, like the first minute and a half, I just roasted the shit out of our sports teams because we have nothing. No, it's terrible. <laughs> exactly. It's really bad right and now. And so, but it was like right after they'd gotten Jameis Winston. And where did I mean, you and Brad play at the improv? Improv. That's such uh, a cool room. It's, it's a big cool. room. Massive. Yeah. We packed it out every single show. Did you? Yeah. And it wasn't even, that wasn't even the first time I've done the improv there. My very first time in Tampa was actually I had done Burt Kreischer's podcast and Burt was like I like you I like you a lot we have very similar stories Burt and I he's me um with bigger boobs 
and <laughs> bigger boobs. <laughs> no, maybe. I'm joking. No, but he's me with actually less clothes and um, a much higher alcohol tolerance. You know, that dude. We went to Florida State. Yes. You know, we had weird rises to, to infamy. You know, he's. You both did, yeah. He yeah. had the party animal. We guy. had such similar stories, yeah. and we connected so well that he was like you'd be a lot of fun to like take on the road. So we went to Tampa. He's like, you want to do Tampa with me? And I was like, yeah, because it was like both of our hometowns. Right. And we crushed Tampa. We had so much fun. Of course, though, when you travel with Bert, like you're you're drinking at 9 a.m. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. Like I can... I was drunk by noon. Yeah, but then I can't perform. I could I could start smoking. I can start smoking at whatever. I could start smoking now and I'd be fine. Oh, I but. can't. I can't perform high. Oh, no? I don't think so. I've oh. never tried it. I don't want to. Oh, I'm going to try it tonight. I feel like I would just sit there and like stare at people and be like, what's up? <laughs> you know what? I have the inner monologue. That's yes! the problem. There are times um, when I've been high on stage and I very rarely do it and I only do it in town. I never do it on the road. Um, well, because you'd get arrested. Yeah, they frown in upon most, it. Yeah, yeah, they frown upon it. Yeah, in most states. But in town, I'll catch myself saying something and then be like, I'm talking out loud right now, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> like this is me speaking out loud right now okay all right yeah i uh, i feel guilty doing it like even even in my personal life now because um unless you're on the 40 man you can't do it you know right. like 40 man talking about my my boyfriend yes. unless you make like the major league roster you can't smoke pot so like i would be having inner monologue with myself and i'm like how's it going honey like yeah well you're <laughs> you're you're not smoking weed because he can't yeah that's so nice i'm not that nice <laughs> i'm not that nice but i would be i i think and i don't know for sure but i think i'd be super annoying if i didn't smoke weed i, I think my energy level would be pinned at 100 all the time really you seem chill because oh <laughs> got it because. that's why when i was like i'm gonna be 30 minutes late you're like whatevs what can yeah. i do for 30 minutes yeah, <laughs> no i was watching the shit about that fucking oh the bo- the bombing. I can't get. Can't oh, turn I can't. Off the news. Yeah, I I can't watch that, especially if I take some edibles or something. I'd be paranoid. I just bought some stuff. <laughs> it's not edibles. It's it's just THC pills. Oh, so no sugar, no nut calories. Oh, I like calories. I don't care. I just got diagnosed as pre-diabetic. What? Sorry, I yelled into the microphone. You're not even like overweight or any are you skinny fat no you're skinny fat no you i bet you are 100 percent not well how do you have pre-diabetes okay so i'm people have heard this before so i'll go real quick okay just a short version you know from eight to eight you, you just could, ate nothing but candy you couldn't have found a healthier person okay but you know i smoke weed every night so i would literally oh, bet no. i would take three bags of skittles and pour them in a bowl like they were popcorn and i would eat the whole bag oh shit i would eat three bags <laughs> of skittles that's something like that's over 100 grams of sugar every yeah. night so when i talked to my doctor he, he was, was like, like did you do anything weird with your diet do you remember eating the skittles yeah, i remember the bags <laughs> being stuck to my face when i wake up in the morning <laughs> oh, i remember dear that God. but it was not so i had to change but i have lost now 14 pounds congratulations i don't really feel like you had 14 pounds to lose i though. didn't you were never heavy no that's the thing like l- listen now they're like what's wrong with josh is yes, he sick, yeah, yeah. Is, he sick? Is, he is everything sick? okay you know what my biggest fear was always like i never want to get old man ass you know old man ass when yeah it just flattens out yeah like and they reach for their wallet and they have to grab their ankle like Ooh. you know what i mean like old man ass 
So, because I asked my dad, I'm like, well, when did you start getting old man ass? He was like, oh, that's my, that was my biggest fear. I go, mine too. And he goes, yeah, you got to fight that. But now that I've lost some weight. You're starting to get old man ass? It's just getting really, it's, it's petite. Oh, no. Yeah, it's petite. You're like back to your eight-year-old days. <laughs> oh, it's not good. Yeah, I don't like it. I, eight-year-old, but like, if you've been in the tub for a really long time. Yeah, so it's, it's like a soggy eight-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, soggy eight-year-old ass is not attractive yeah and you got to keep up with the wife so she's attractive yeah and i've really i I've, I've said to her before when are you planning on quitting because i wouldn't mind giving up anytime <laughs> you you know the problem is now when i get high like who wants to eat kale do you know what no, i mean like, <laughs> exactly that's not what you reach for no what's your high when you get high what do you reach for here's the thing the trick is you never, don't pre-make food do you no well, I pre-make food sometimes. The trick is not having food in your house. I will not drive stoned, so I just won't eat anything. You don't drive stoned? No. I say it to you like you're the asshole. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, judgment. No, I, I, I would never, honestly. I'm so responsible about it. I am not. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm that guy who's like, I can drive high. But, I mean, I literally do like maybe eight miles an hour. Exactly. The whole time you're probably like, holy shit, they're following us. Oh, no. The whole time I think there's a cop behind me. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the entire time I think. And whenever I see somebody on the phone, I'm like, they're calling the cops. They're calling the cops. <laughs> like, so I try not to drive high, not because yeah. I don't think I can, but just because it's such a miserable experience. Yeah, I'm sure. Like my heart rate is like, gung, 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 gung. And, and you so, feel it because oh, yeah. you're high. Yes. And sometimes I fake park. Because I'm like, well, because I think there's a cop behind me. So I fake park and let the cop drive by. I'm like, oh, that wasn't a cop. <laughs> like, I like the whole thing. You're like, it was just a Crown Victoria. Yeah, no, it was a <laughs> fucking Camry. That's how whacked out I am. Like, I, a Crown it Victoria. Even look like No, a of course not. It's That's like a VW bug pulls up behind you, like, they found me. Scooby's behind us. <laughs> yeah, I, but I have always enjoyed weed. Like, I even, I, I, I think I... I didn't find it until um, until I was coming off all of the drugs they put me on for all that stuff. What kind they of drugs? Like benzos. So they had me on, like, Xanax and yeah. things like that. Yeah, and they are they don't tell you when they put you on those things that uh, they're going to ruin your life. So I, I got... you get fucked up? Yeah, I got really sick because they just pulled me off of them, cold turkey. They didn't wean me. Oh, you went through withdrawals? So I went through, like, the shakes. I had a seizure or two. It was bad. Fuck, I got really? tested for epilepsy a few years ago because I was having seizures and no doctor wanted to like no doctor looked at my chart and was like, oh, we pulled her off the Xanax. That's why that's happening. I was incredibly ill. Like my whole body like long? shut down for about six months. You've been through some shit. Yeah. Girl. Yeah. But when like you it's, it's hard to talk about those things on stage, though, because when people look at you, they're like, no, you haven't. Yeah, but but it's, they don't realize, like, I mean, I fought really hard to, like, get healthy again. And so, I mean, I there was, like, a six-month period where I thought I was dying because doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I was so sick and it turned out to be withdrawal. Yeah, but th that is great on stage shit. Really? Oh, my God. That I'm such a hypochondriac, I automatically... I was, like, writing last will and testaments. I'm like, I'm leaving everything to my cats. Oh, like, fuck everyone else. Hilarious. <laughs> like, when did you start uh, rescuing the dogs? I've always loved animals. My, I mean... My parents practically have a zoo. 
you know, so I've always been bringing home strays, you know, dogs and boyfriends. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> like, they haven't approved of a single guy I've dated really until... This guy? This one, yeah. I mean, there was one before that, but old dad they didn't bo- think that... Old dad bod? Yeah. He's on the ESPN dad body issue. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they didn't... They didn't really approve of any of them except for one guy. But my dad says, and I quote, when I was dating him, he was like, God, you were so boring. Because he was like, really? super, he was super Christian and like he didn't like my humor and things like that. So I couldn't, I didn't really, I was very filtered, you know. Uh, and then. But you don't seem like you would enjoy being filtered at all. It was rough, you know. But I think I, it, I think he was, it was, it's funny because I think people come in your life at the right time. And he was with me through that whole scandal. And so I think he was there to support me throughout right. the whole scandal. And not judge the whole situation. He was very good about that. Um, you know, when he and I are still friends, we're still cordial, but you know, we just, we realized we, we weren't meant to be together. You like have been, see, I'm super excited knowing where, where you've come from to see what is, because here's what I do know. And it uh, accidentally has become, has come to fruition on this podcast. My theme, a lot of this podcast is just inspiring. Like, I like people who intrigue me, who inspire me. But you've, like, persevered a lot. Yeah. You have. Hey, beautiful Bethany. Been through some shit. She's back. Wait, you what? You got an accident <laughs> in my car? And that ends this podcast. Did she just really? came in and goes, I just wrecked your car. Should we end this now? No. <laughs> She's like, keep talking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As a guy was pulling into the driveway. Didn't do anything to his car. A little damage. Well, how much is a little damage? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, keep keep recording this in case he kills uh, me. You're fine. Okay. You're fine. I saw you walk in and you're fine. What if I'm just in shock? You're not. <laughs> I am. <laughs> how bad? It's also a little dusty on your back. <laughs> oh, shit. oh my god. <laughs> How, I, how bad? It's just a little, a little crunched. Oh Where? Oh my God. It, like we tapped. I, I didn't even think. It what? <laughs> I'm very, I'm very <laughs> glad you're back. I'm, what? She's, she's fine, guys. She's, she's fine, but she's playing the exact card that I would do. Yeah. I'm like, look how okay yeah. I am. Yeah. And I'm pretty. <laughs> How bad's the other car? Oh, he does this for a living. He was like, no, you're like perfect. Good <laughs> accent. You were assuming he was Mexican. I mean, <laughs> we all thought it. <laughs> Wait. He, no, damaged his car, but it, he said, he was like, mine's already all messed up. And he said, but yours. And I was like, there's nothing on mine. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's over here. I think that would be me. But who's to say? Because I was backing up, and he should have stopped. But. Who 
pulls into a spot when there's a car in the spot. You really should. Josh, you don't. You better hope your insurance company doesn't listen to this. It's <laughs> it's evidence. <laughs> Wait. So, babe. How does it feel? So bad. Uh, first time for me, my fault. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. Where, where is the damage on my car? It's on the right back passenger side. Right rear door. Yeah, look, I didn't even notice the first. How bad is it? I mean, it's not that bad. I took a picture of it. I, um, I'm still running errands. Just- oh, okay. <laughs> She's like, I just came home to let you know I was okay. <laughs> right? I know. Yeah. Well, I kind of saw that you were okay. Why don't you, Can when I get in a car accident in high school, I went to the... I wanted to take a picture of your face and just the open mouth expression you have, like processing I, this right now. When, when I went to... <laughs> can I see the picture? She's still running errands. Okay, see you later, babe. Good. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah. Well, that was great. Inspirational. (laughs) You were saying. I mean, that was inspirational. Well, you know, that's not. I'm going to go look at the car. It's the theme of this show, actually, has been in complete, absolute wreck. And that's yeah. been my life. And By I'm way, okay, just like your wife. That was a good... tied it all together. She, and you know what? She... Let's end it now. She definitely... She, you notice she blamed the car, the windshield. <laughs> um, her glasses. Yeah, her glasses. That Did she say the sun got in my eyes? No. She doesn't play the outfield. She took full responsibility. All right. How long to your back? Wait right here. We're going to walk out with you. Jen, what do you want to plug? I want to plug. Uh, I'm working with a new company called Your Show.TV. Oh, I saw that in Arizona this yeah, week. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, you like watching train wrecks, then um, it's train wrecks with fighting. Um, but it, we, we had like an MMA match. We had boxing. Oh, Roy I've Jones Jr. fought a yeah, fan. Yeah. Uh, professional wrestling. Yeah, he. He knocked him out in the second round. It was so funny though, because the kid actually thought he had a chance, and he was actually—he's actually had longer span, you know. Yeah, but than Roy did. But you don't get in the ring with Roy and expect to come out. It's the difference, or even go the distance. No, when this people, isn't Rocky. No, that's exactly right. And people think, oh, I played high school. I wasn't—I was a good athlete. Yeah, no. no. The difference between you and a professional athlete is like every dude in their mind is like. I bet I've got a sick 40 time. Yeah. How many times did you think that where you're like, I did have a sick 40. You told me before you're like, I threw out the first pitch in Tampa and I was like, I could play with these guys. <laughs> I think everyone, I mean, every person that's ever watched a Tampa sport play thinks that though. Well, that was just because I definitely know. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, I'm working with your show. It's a lot of fun. Uh, got to hang out with Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio, you know. That's fun. All the WWE guys. Yeah. Um, Chael Sonnen, you know, from the UFC. Yeah. Michael Bisping. 
both stand-up guys, all of them stand-up guys, really. Um, my stand-up, obviously. I actually was also a writer. I know. Um, did you hear about this? I was a writer for my friend Kate Quigley. Yeah, for the, for the AVN ABNs, Awards. Yeah. Yes. So that comes out in May. Super pumped about that. My mom's like, why are you writing for porn awards? I was like, because I have a lot of dick jokes built up. Yeah. So let's use them. <laughs> you should have a lot of dick jokes. By the way, one of the things I used to say about that dick pic that you got. Oh, now you remember your bit? Well, I remember part of it. I remember, honestly, the premise of it was that when the first time I saw it, I thought it was a thumb. Yeah. I thought it was a thumb. Yeah. And I was like, why doesn't that thumb have a nail? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Okay, you actually yeah. win. That yeah. was an original yeah, I was like, one. No. I hadn't heard that one yet. Yeah, that's what I. Good honestly, job. I like that one. The first time I saw it, I was like, oh, "That's a thought." That's no. the first time I've heard a dick joke said to me about my situation. I didn't cry, so I feel like I'm. This was therapeutic for yeah, me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, well, okay. So and then, so you writer, your show, Doing stand up, your stand up, yeah, and your On Periscope Twitter. and Periscope. Yeah, I'm all over the place, I man. Like I just love anything that makes people laugh, and I can be creative. Anything that keeps me from having a real job, oh, amen I'm on that. board for. Um, so yeah, check me out. It's uh, at Jennifer Sturger. It's my full proper name. So okay, It'll be fun with two ends. With two ends. Um, and guys, just go comedianjoshwolf.com. That's all. We're gonna go look at his car now. We are gonna go look at the car now. <laughs> oh shit! See you later, everybody. <laughs>